Welcome to Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts Comoretti. This is the podcast that tells you all about the art worlds you might have missed. We're going to journey around the globe and talk to artists, patrons and curators from Cambodia to the Democratic Republic of Congo. With this, we'll build a truly international perspective of the many thriving art worlds. Japan, a string of mountainous islands lying off the east coast of Asia, is a country of contrasts. Steeped in ancient cultural traditions, influenced in part by China and Buddhism, and simultaneously one of the most economically and technologically progressive societies, life is a balance between old and new. All but isolated from the world from early 17th to 19th century under military rule, as the country opened up, a new era of empire building eventually led to conflict and defeat in World War II. The country's post-war era saw a change in its arts as artists turned away from indigenous traditions. Painting styles customarily focused on nature and landscape were energised. So too were print forms and experimental groups developed as artists looked for meaning in styles and movements abroad. This form of experimentation and assimilation persists. And while a distinct Japanese aesthetic based on understatement, cultivated simplicity and the celebration of imperfection is discernible, contemporary artists also expose and engage with the burdens of life. With censorship of political and sexual expression still potent, artists often innovate playful approaches that have global resonance and transcend Japan's contained art world. Daisuke Miyatsu, a collector based in Japan, has amassed an enviable art collection, famously on his modest salary. Working in advertising by day and as a hotel receptionist at night, he has made art his life, collecting widely and inventively since the early 1990s. His collection is founded on the close relationships he's built with artists and has been shared publicly with exhibitions at institutions including the Kasama Nichido Museum of Art and Tokyo Opera City Art Gallery in Japan and Dalian Museum of Contemporary Art in Seoul. Now teaching and writing on contemporary art and its economics, Daisuke joined me from his extraordinary art home to discuss his idiosyncratic approach to collecting. You're described as the salaryman collector. Can you tell Mm. us about this identity and whether it still rings true? Okay. um, After graduating from university, I was an ordinary office worker for about 30 years. Uh, At the age of 53, I become a university professor. It's it's like a, a, a career changing. So of, of, at at uh, our school university, but a first time. So it was a one year fixed term employment. So in the last few years, my salary as a university professor is finally catching up with my salary when I was a, a human resource manager of the company before I quit salaryman at the age of 53 years old. Since I started my 
collection at the age of 30, 1994. I have never been involved in IPOs, uh, the company I, I worked for, or stock options for myself. And uh, I have always struggled with payment for getting artworks and uh, strategies rental fees. Now I am renting for different storages for my collection. So uh, now I am 60 years old, but uh, it's still the same situation. And uh, I have proved in my life that art collecting is not just a hobby uh, reserved for the wealthy people. So even if, even if people look down me and call me a salaryman, he is a salaryman collector, but I am very proud of it. And you've amassed an amazing collection. Um, and I think what's so exciting about what you've done is you've also thought beyond the walls of the home. In fact, your entire home is designed by artist Dominique Gonzalez Forster. And yeah. inside there are many features created by artists. So you've got, for example, a full length mirror created by Yayo Kusama, but also your body has become a canvas. And <laughs> yeah. I think quite uniquely, you have had artists design tattoos for you. And I'm just thinking about Ryan Gander has um, created an artwork for your body. So what I need to know is what's the next dimension for your collecting? Mm. Okay, my answer is very simple. I just want to live with art all the time, like 24 seven. As a result, I live in uh, in my house built with wonderful artists. They are my friends, and they just uh, get their artworks uh, on my body too. So I don't think there is any particular direction or particular other way uh, other than continuing my style until my death, I think. Uh, I am working class person, salary collector, so I don't have any other houses except Dominic's house. Also, 50, and also 15 years left on the mortgage. And my body is only one, two. So that's my side, I think. I really would love to come and see your house because it looks extraordinary. Yeah. And what you have done, though, is you have shared your collection with the public on numerous mm -hmm. occasions. And you've shown it, for example, at Tokyo Opera City Art Gallery and also the Museum of Art in Taipei. Mm. And as you said, you've gone through a career change. You teach at university. Um, about art and business, and you've written books that in part encourage collecting and try and 
encourage people who might not see themselves as wealthy enough to collect to begin being involved with the art world. And with this long-term engagement with the arts in Japan, I was interested to know if you've seen things change and how you've seen the art world and collecting in Japan change. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the, as you know, after a very long period of economic uh, stagnation, uh, recently art collection have become more active here in Japan. Uh, and uh, in the past few years, but only among the bit higher middle class and the, also the wealthy one. Um, this is uh, probably due to the uh, polarization of income inequality in Japan as well. Everywhere all over the world, so this, this similar situation is now. So Japan is also, I think. But particularly uh, noticeable in the collection activity of young successful entrepreneurs. However, it's uh, disturbing many of them Correct. I'm sorry. I I I I I am afraid. Uh, boring domestic art. It's like uh, just a uh, uh, illustration in a bad way. In that respect, I think Chinese and the Korean characters are generally more advanced. It's my uh, it's my opinion. So I think. So the. Uh, Collection activity for younger generation, so is uh, more active recently. But uh, not all, but all, uh, many of them. So, unfortunately, uh, focusing on the very domestic, like uh, illustration art. Uh, I think that's my opinion. And thinking a bit more about collecting and the teaching you do in the books you've written and in the context of the art world now when more conversations are happening around the responsibilities of collecting and the ethics of acquisition mm. do you have some sort of set principles for yourself about what makes a good collector um Nowadays, there is a, a like a trend around around the world, all over the world, to confuse collectors with investors or speculators. I think. For me, a, not not good. Just a collector. For me, a collector is a person who constantly learns and understand the background of artworks like their collection and uh, who have to care about the preservation of their collection uh, so that it can be handed down to the next generation. 
in the best condition. So that I think that is a very important role of character, I think. And uh, I think so good characters are without uh, being overwhelmed by the public's evacuation too much. For me, I've never sold any artworks from my collection. And uh, it's not necessary for me to do in the future, except be faced with a problem of my wife's and mine, right? My life, like uh, just a treatment against the three years disease. And uh, I believe uh, anyone so who watched auction reports all time, like at 24-7, and then the uh, immediately sells our works, they get recently in a few months. It's either an investor or a speculator, I think. I think it's really helpful to make that distinction. And I also want to know a bit more about when you were saying when you began at age 30 in the 90s collecting, mm. and you mentioned earlier that artists were friends how did you strike up those relationships was it your sheer enthusiasm and curiosity that you think encouraged artists to think of you as a friend because that's not an easy relationship to build um yeah so I think the most big motivation for correcting artworks of contemporary art is uh, building the friendship or special communication with artists, I think. Because uh, wonderful artists, so they have very unique ideas and also their own original point of view against the everything, like, like social things, economic things, uh, and more. If I, yeah, of course, so I respect Van Gogh and uh, Johannes Fermel, but uh, if I want to talk with them, it's impossible because they, passed away long time ago. But uh, if we have bit uh, uh, courage and, uh, and have time to talk with uh, wonderful artists, like, uh, like from Yayoi Kusama Gerhard Richter to younger artists, we can communicate with them and uh, talk about their artworks directly with them. That's a very excited uh, ex experience 
for not for me, but also for every our fans and the characters. So for me, it's it's very important to uh, build that relationship like a friendship and uh, understand each other is uh, uh, very important as same as correcting artworks because artists and I are living together on the planet now. I imagine you've spent time considering what will happen to your collection in the future. And mm -hmm. you see sometimes when um, collections enter the auction market, things get split up across the world and a collection becomes a very different thing. But have you made any definite plans for the legacy of your life's work? Mm. So as I told, uh, the, I, I, it's very important for me to build the special communication with artists. I can sell artworks themselves, but uh, I cannot sell uh, like, like a, a, a very good memory with artists very personal memories or friendship, I cannot sell. So until now, I've never sold any artworks from my collection. So, but the, now I am at 60 years old. Um, this is no longer um, ideology, ideology for me. Since about uh, one and a half a year or two years, I have been looking for an international institution that I can donate all of my works and also uh, materials all. I already have received a very enthusiastic and uh, 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 specific offers from a few museums. Um, due, to, due to the permanence, permanence of preservating and uh, showing, exhibiting of all works, in addition to not selling, of course, and uh, also, that uh, yeah yeah that very important and also countries and areas with political one party uh, dicta dictatorships are not candidates for me uh, because of uh, permanent preservation is very important for me. I'm still yeah wide open about my this final project, so please contact me if you are interested in this. Of course, it's limited to good museums and uh, research institutions. So that's my idea. Thank you to Daisuke for his refreshing answers. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
and if you can, please leave a review. In the show notes, you'll find out more about Daisuke's collection. Join me next time when we go to the Democratic Republic of Congo and meet the Congolese Plantation Workers Art League, who are using their art to buy back plantation land. This has been Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts-Comoredi. See you on the next journey. Thank you.